Michael Gridley here. Welcome to Acquisitions Anonymous. Today's deal is a banger, uh, mostly because it's my birthday. And uh, Heather and I celebrated by looking at an air charter deal uh, that was uh, 1.9 million in EBITDA, and we found it on Axial, which, uh, as usual, was delightful uh, with the completeness and sophistication of their listings. So uh, we dug into some interesting stuff around this and tried to figure out, does it actually make a million point nine a year or not? And uh, you'll be interested to see what we figured out. Here's the episode. Today's sponsor is Steed. Entrepreneurs and business owners can simplify your taxes with transparent fixed prices that give you the peace of mind. Focus on running your business while Steed handles the rest. Steed has already saved clients over $275 million in taxes by using efficient tax solutions for every individual in business. Planning a business acquisition? Lean on their expertise to make the most of it and stay in the tax know with their mobile app and real-time updates. Steed is offering a complimentary tax strategy session for Acquisitions Anonymous listeners and readers. So simplify your taxes, boost profits, and find peace of mind. Contact Steed today at steedstrategy.com, that's S-T-E-E-D strategy.com, or click on the link in the show notes to access their booking calendar directly. Happy my birthday, Heather. Happy your birthday. (laughs) I actually looked out for all my Twitter friends, because the big thing to do on Twitter is to... uh, go in there and be like, I'm 42 today. Here's all the things I wish I knew I was 22. And I was just like, oh, I think I have it in me to write that today. No. And what's the point of that list anyway? It's not something you can do anything with. Um, It's interesting to see what's going on with Twitter now, because I think there's, there's, you know, there's a zeitgeist that always happens in social media or in media in general where people are interested in certain things and then they get tired of them, right? And we had life advice threads and then we had, you know, here's how two people made a lot of money threads. Uh, those, those may be coming back. But I think the pendulum is really shifting now to people want to understand how you did stuff and how you felt when you did it. That's what they, and so yeah. it's a kind of idea, I think, of where, where this 2024 is really going to be about on All social right. media. How did you do it? How did you feel? How did it make you feel? All right, that's I'm going to keep that in mind as I yeah. scroll. <laughs> they they uh, they want to know they want to deal with real people ultimately, right. and your job is to go and be a real person on social media. That's my that's my working thesis. It may turn may turn off a lot of people, <laughs> but that's my thesis. No, I think that's a I think that's a good one, and I think people can tell real from not uh, not always, but you know they I think it uh, talking about how things make you feel is a good way of getting to know a person online. So I think that's great. I end up, uh, unfortunately, just seeing a lot of dooms, doomsday, doomsday kind of stuff. You know, everyone's yeah. going to go broke and everything's terrible. And I, I don't think that's really true. <laughs> uh, but there's there a lot of that be, out there. There will be struggle and then we'll all be fine. That's what I'm yeah. convinced of. So Pretty much, yeah. I well, think so. I brought a cool deal today that I definitely want to read to you, and then we can uh, decide if we want to make a run for this one. This is this involves aviations, which as you aviation, which as you know is one of my passions, and this is one I found on Axial. Um, and uh, I'll go ahead and read it if that's okay with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is a one point nine million dollar EBITDA private air charter and air ambulance service provider. The company is a unique M&A opportunity with a distinguished private jet charter and air ambulance service certified by the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, and holding a state emergency medical service air ambulance license. The company finds sta- oh, stands out for its exclusive membership programs, concierge services, and flexible flight schedules. It has three um, key attributes, licenses and reach, 
The company holds multiple licenses enabling operations through the Americas and the Caribbean. Additionally, it possesses a state EMS air ambulance license, positioning itself as a versatile and expansive service provider. Strategic marketing with a robust mix of traditional and online marketing, including 50 SEO-optimized website domains, the company maximizes its market visibility, the receipt of the recipient of safety and business awards, it reflects a commitment to excellence. Fleet flexibility, operating six aircraft. The company has the agility. <laughs> I was about to pause there because there's a typo and I just kept my mouth shut, Heather. It's, it's the new me. <laughs> the, the, company, the company has the agility to swiftly repurpose aircraft for private charters or air ambulance services catering to a diverse clientele. Um, opportunities for growth, private air charters, concierge service expansion, national and international expansion, air ambulance services, membership programs, global services. Extending into Central and South America, they think is an opportunity for growth. Um, real estate uh, and ownership. The operational base is uh, run from an 18,000 square foot hangar and office space offering room for growth in the local geographic areas. The owner is the owners are two equal owners who are seeking a requirement to spend more time with family and friends. The ownership is committed to a transitionary period post-sale, ensuring a seamless transfer of operations. Financially, in 2021, they did 11.3 million in revenue with 1.4 million in EBITDA for a 12.4% EBITDA margin. In 2022, they did 11.4 million, and in 2023, they're estimating they're going to do 11.7 million each year, doing 1.4 to 1.9 million in EBITDA which is tends to average, I think, around 14% is what I see here. Mm-hmm. And they're barely growing. Uh, they are located in the United States. So we don't know specifically which state, and they want to sell the whole business or the vast majority of it for a change control. And uh, yeah, that's it. So it looks like a metronomic provider of air ambulance and private jet services. Heather, are you ready yes. to run check? Well, six aircraft. This is a lot of maintenance. (laughs) This is a, you know, you have to have a full flight-based operations, you know, team. And they didn't say anything about the team. I wonder a little bit here if the sellers are part of that team or if they're more, a little more passive. Um, You know, it, 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 I am, I am kind of looking at the numbers going, well, the numbers, the top line is very flat. Uh, and the margin, the EBITDA margin is increasing in each period from 21 to 23, uh, now up to 16.2%. So it's like, I'm a little puzzled there. It's not like they're raising prices much, if at all, or, or doing more bit, more volume, but they are somehow cutting expenses, which I'm a little bit surprised by. Not really sure how that would happen. Well, let's see. So 2021 revenue was 11.3 million for 1.4 million in EBITDA. And in 2023, they estimate 11.7 million in revenue and 1.9 million in EBITDA. So revenue went up by 400 over those two mm-hmm. years, and, and so EBITDA, EBITDA went up by 500. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that could be issues around that. Um, the other thing that occurs to me, I'm trying to think of what happened to fuel prices during that time, because that's you know the like the it expen- went up, right? Uh, I mean, fuel prices are super low right now. Um, but in 2022, 2021, they were, weren't they, they were high. I'd have to go back and look at that for sure. See what that impact is. But usually with airlines of any sort, like your, your biggest ongoing expenses are labor and then fuel, not necessarily in that order. And then maintenance and, and kind of, you know, uh, investment in the planes and stuff like that, making payments there. So uh, that's where I'd first go. It's like, okay, what happened to fuel prices during that time? That's my first suspicion. Yeah. So a little puzzled about how the margins are doing. And 
obviously they're not growing. They gave a big list of, you know, ways that a buyer could grow this, but <laughs> for the last three years, the sellers have not done any of those things. So, you know, probably not as easy as it sounds to expand, you know, to other geographies. Um, you know, what little I know of aviation, the, the pilots sort of have to have sort of a home base. And for you to kind of go to a different part of the world, you have to have a different set of pilots or people who are willing to kind of, you know, be there a lot. Right. And, and maybe a hangar over there so that it's really not the, the easiest thing, even though airplanes fly, it's not that easy to sort of shift your geography of operations that easily. It's, it's expensive, I think. For sure. Well, I, I don't know if I told you, but last year, 2023, a friend invited me to go on his private jet. I had never been on a private jet in my whole life. Um, you know, I'm sorry to burst anyone's bubble who thinks I'm like a total baller. <laughs> like I, I drive a super. Uh, it was the first time I'd ever been on a private jet. I'd just been always too cheap to get on one. And uh, I started talking to the pilot and the pilot was a hired contractor and he would actually fly from his house outside of Austin to the executive airport nearby where he would uh, then fly the planes uh, on behalf of the clients. So he would actually commute like 15 miles in his plane <laughs> to get to work every day. <laughs> so it's interesting. Um, and then I don't know if you've ever looked into the the world of airline pilots and, and flight attendants um, and how much those people like commute. Have you ever looked into that? Yeah, they fly to their, a lot of times they fly to where their home city is uh, and then take all their flights in and out uh, of there. Absolutely. And, then and there's some home. super that's, interesting that's social media creators like on YouTube and stuff like that who detail what they're doing. Flight attendants talking about flying around on Southwest Airlines, uh, then pilots who are some of the people that are like on call. It's like really, it's really interesting stuff. And some of them will like be based out of Newark and live in Minneapolis, just like all kinds of crazy stuff. It seems like a, terrible life. <laughs> like, I know people like it, but it's like, wow, I'd rather just like sit at my desk and record YouTube videos. <laughs> I've been on a few private planes before. And uh, one of the organizations that I have worked for had some planes and, and uh, yeah, it's rough with the pilots. We get to know them a little bit um, when, when I was working with them. And yeah, it, they, they choose an assignment where they can be home more. You know, that's really what it boils down to. And I, I kind of have a funny story um, where I was uh, flying in one of these private planes um, for my employer and uh, they had a mechanical problem. They had a part that needed to be replaced and we couldn't fly back. Mm -hmm. And apparently the insurance on this airplane covered me to get a chartered flight to fly me home. And that's, <laughs> and that's what we ended up doing. Uh, and uh, in the middle of the night, a strangers, you know, pilots that I'd never met before in a chartered plane came and got me and got me back home. And and what happened is when we came to, we were so late landing in California in the airport that we we came to, they they called ahead and said, we we're going to be late, but we're coming. The uh, the FBO, the, the, the hangar that accepts the private planes closed down before we got there. And we literally had to like crawl through the doors of the hangar. And it, it, was, wow. it was the most bizarre night of my life. Wow. We finally got home though. It was crazy. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Someday I want to be a baller and fly around on a private plane. I got, <laughs> I got a lot of, a lot of work to do first. Um, so back to this deal. So maybe this is a good place to check in on the EBITDA versus actual take home. 
And, you know, EBITDA gives you credit for, um, you know, before taxes, before interest, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, the, the things I start to think about with this one is how much of this, you know, EBITDA number is truly money that they're putting in their pocket. And, you know, it's 1.6 million a year. That sounds great. But that's before depreciation, which is, you know, a non-cash charge that you get for depreciating these planes and equipment and capital expenditures. Um, there's, you know, we haven't talked about tax yet. So, you know, if it's a pass-through entity, you're having to pay tax after this before you put any money in your pocket. Interest that you're having to pay to own these planes. We haven't talked about that yet. I mean, these planes, they probably have several million dollars for the planes, if not more, that they're paying interest on. So it makes me really wonder like, okay, this EBITDA number is fine, but this is a really heavy CapEx business. There's a lot of capital deployed here. Like how much am I actually taking home owning a business like this and having that much capital at risk? And that's kind of the first thing I would dig into this business. And I bet we would discover they're not making that much money. I agree with you. Anytime something is what we would consider a CapEx heavy business, EBITDA is really not a good uh, proxy for cash flow. Yeah. Um, because yes, you're adding back depreciation, but you should also be deducting what we call maintenance CapEx, uh, which for something like this might be this equal to the depreciation. You know, there's really, you know, depending on how accelerated the depreciation is, et cetera. But there's definitely a lot of maintenance CapEx um, in a business like this and certainly interest costs because yeah, but you don't tend to buy six planes or hold six planes in a company like this um, without some kind of debt, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's an expensive business to be in. And, and what is the free cash flow? It feels like the people that run these kinds of businesses were pilots, maybe yep. that wanted to be back on the ground. Like we talked earlier, you know, maybe they spend a, a good portion of their career flying around and not being home enough and, um, wanted to stay in their industry, but find a way to, to be home and make money that way. So you, you tend to find folks like that, but the free cash flow that the business is actually really throwing off is probably not, not, not a real big number. You're right, Michael. Yeah. So that, that scares me. Um, it's probably the first place I would go. Cause I bet when this gets down to it, I bet this is a business that's probably pretty hard to transact because somebody, you know, there's the value of all the equipment and then there's the value of the cash flow. And I bet you this is one of those ones where the value of the equipment is radically higher than the value of the cash flow. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the two owners are each taken home, let's say for all of the capital they have deployed, let's say they're taking home a half million a year between the two of them out of the 1.3 million because the rest is getting eaten up in CapEx and all this stuff and interest. Um and then you look up and you have like $4 million or $5 million worth of airplanes that have to transact in order for this business to sell. And um, that's what this smells like. If I double clicked on this, that's what I would expect to find. Right. I, right. And and you've got a business that's, you know, got a one cost that's highly cyclical, the gas, the, the fuel, right? Uh, so it's very hard to control your margins. Um, and it is you know, yes, they've got the air ambulance side of it, but they've also got, you know, the the private flights. And that's obviously discretionary. People are going to spend more when economic times are good and they're going to spend less when they're not. So it's not, it, although these cash flows do look stable since uh, 21 right. I and mean, they look great, but, you know, over a longer span of time, and certainly if we look back at COVID, you know, there's, there's many events that can um, interfere with, you know, the stability of their cash flow for sure. So how much of this, I guess the other question is, how much of this is air charter? 
which is a very red oceany kind of business as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, and I know that because I've Googled like private air charter and there's like 500,000 <laughs> options that all look exactly the same. And then how much of this is air ambulance, which to me, air ambulance seems like a much better like business to be in. Um, just looking up from the outside, like, and the reason I say that is like air charter, they're going to like shop around and get different quotes and all that kind of stuff that happens. So you, you have somewhat of a elastic demand there around what people are willing to pay for that kind of stuff. When you need an air ambulance, like you're going to pay whatever it takes. It's like, yeah. Hey, I, I need to be at the hospital. I'm going to die. And you know, you're, yeah. you're not quibbling about price at that point. So I would be curious how much of this is air ambulance stuff and how much of this is air charter. And the way I understand air charter stuff is like individuals will sign up for that. And that's pretty normal. Um, air ambulance is often done in partnership with a medical facility calling you and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm curious, you know, how much of this is that versus, you know, the red ocean type stuff. Right. They probably have some contracts with just like a, a regular ambulance on the ground. Um, they probably got some contracts with some hospital groups. Um, the problem with ambulance services can be, though, how you get paid. Are you oh. are you taking insurance? You know, so then and, and I don't know what they do with air ambulances, but um, if insurance is involved, that can be then you're like in a healthcare business. And that can be very tricky because the rates of reimbursement are all over the place. Um, and you know, it, 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 you've got to be careful because, um, if you're not being paid by insurance, are you getting prepaid before you fly people around? Right. Uh, cause you could get stuck not getting paid. So I think there's probably a payer risk side of the ambulance business. And to your point earlier, how you said you Google it and you find so many different choices. This one, this teaser says this one company alone has 50 SEO optimized website domains. So this one company, kind of, you know, could have been 50 times in your <laughs> in your Google search. So that does show you it's pretty darn competitive out there and they've got to do everything they can to be the one that you that you choose when you're looking for a flight. Yeah. And I understand why Uber for private jets has never happened. There's, you know, there's it just doesn't meet the dynamics of building a marketplace like that, but man, that would just be so great if there was actually a a thriving Uber for for private jets. The other side of it is though, I mean, as I think about it more, I really don't want Uber for private jets. I because uh, I've gotten into some Ubers and Lyfts and I've been very thankful when I've recognized the quality of the vehicle that we could always just pull over to the side of the road. <laughs> if something if the engine stops working, we just pull over here. Uh, which is the the other thing about about a private charter like this. Yeah, that night that I told you about where I got picked up by, you know, another another plane, that's that occurred to me after we were already in the air. I'm like, I don't know anything about this plane or how old it is or who maintains it. It's kind of scary. <laughs> but, you know, there's JSX. I guess that's the closest thing to your Uber for private jets. It's not really Uber, but um, right. I don't know if you have you flown JSX. I totally would. I'm totally their target market. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's a point to point charter service that basically acts like an airline, but they're not. <laughs> so there's, you know, if you don't know much about commercial aviation, there's the commercial airlines that operate under one section of FAA rules. And they're the ones that fly to your big, your big airports. And then there's charter services, which can operate, I think under part 149 or something like that. There's different numbers for it. Um, they don't have to do the same things in terms of security, but they have limitations on being able to advertise fares and all that kind of stuff. So 
Um, JSX lives in that charter universe and runs the charter thing where you show up and you're on a charter plane with other people. And uh, it acts, in, in practice, it feels like an airline. <laughs> That's what I would say. But they're under a different charter service. And I think, I don't know if you saw it, but I think Southwest and a couple other ones are suing JSX to be like, no, no, you guys are an airline. Like you need to have all the costs we do. I did see and that. So their their model is being threatened. I've flown JSX once because I just really wanted to try it. So I took a flight from Orange County to Las Vegas and it costs a lot more. That's usually a really cheap flight. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot more, you know, I probably shouldn't have done it, but I just wanted to try it. The only real advantage was that you you went to the FBO side of the airport. You didn't have to go through TSA. You could get there a lot later, but they don't even have parking, you know, because of the side of the airport that they're on. You, they literally recommend that you get dropped off or take an Uber uh, yeah. because they don't have sufficient parking. So, yeah, it's not, it's, I, I think I'd be, next time I'll just go Southwest. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Well, I have not been on JSX because I live, I don't know if you're aware, I live in the hinterlands and they do not service my city. There's just not <laughs> enough money here to justify it. So They don't go that many places for, to, in all fairness. They they really have a pretty limited schedule uh, at this their, point. Uh, their network has really grown. They oh, they do Taos. They've, they've bought a couple other airlines. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll so get look, to you eventually. I, I hope so. That would be so delightful. So I could pretend be a baby baller. So back to this thing, like, look, I think at, this is one of those ones at first blush are like, oh, $1.9 million EBITDA. That sounds good. But then it's really like 500,000 in cash flow, 300,000 in cash flow. You have cyclical cost structure, kind of a red ocean of the stuff you're in. Um, you know, that side of it is just not appealing. I mean, the stuff I like for sure are you know, it's been around for a while. There's, there's, you know, they haven't seemingly had any problems. They have a lot of SEO that they've put in there. The demand for this stuff is not going anywhere. We're, it's not a fad or something that's going to, you know, hit a headwind and fail uh, at some point. Like we need air ambulance and we need charters. They're not going anywhere. Um, I like that aspect of it for sure. Yeah. I feel like I looked at a charter uh, air air um, provider that did uh, work for Homeland Security deporting people. <laughs> that was that was an interesting one. I do remember that one. So there's lots of different possibilities for a business like this, as far as you know who you serve. Uh, but I agree, it's, it's it's a lot of work and a lot of risk and capital at risk for not probably very much actual free cash flow. I mean, the other awesome thing about doing this is kind of like owning a fireworks business. Like if I want fireworks, I could get fireworks super cheap. Turns out I know, I know a guy. <laughs> um, but uh, like this is cool because like, well, owning a business like this, well, worst yeah. case, you just fly around for costs, you know, that's yeah. pretty cool. So yeah. you become you become a private jet traveler from everything I can tell, which I think is super cool. But yeah, I think this is a fish. I If I had this on the hook, I think I'd throw this one back. It's just not... Maybe it's the right business for somebody else, but like, you know, just feels like there's easier businesses to be in than this one. And, and we haven't even really talked about how some of the stuff around this will be easy to finance and some of it will be hard. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if this business mostly sells for the value of the planes. Yeah, I think you have to go to a specialty finance provider that, you know, that focuses on the value of the planes. That's probably the best way to go. A, a cash flow lender or an SBA lender, God forbid, would have a really tough time with uh, with these kinds of aircraft. And and the fact that you've got to swap them out, it's not like you just, you know, get the loan and walk away 
uh, every if you have to sell a plane and buy another plane, you, there's a lot that has to go on with your lender. It's not easy to finance uh, aircraft. I did do an aircraft SBA loan once, but it was Cessna. <laughs> it was a fleet of little Cessnas. It, they were little ones. <laughs> Adorable. I don't have the proper technical terms, so I just call them little ones. <laughs> little ones? Yeah. Uh, that, that totally works. Yeah, the yeah. Um, the whole business of airplanes and, the you know, because of the dynamic of, you know, their standardization around what planes pilots have learned to fly and then what the, the mechanics can work on and, you know, how that creates situations in which there's very few types of planes that are actually viable and used that often and they have to get to a certain scale. Um, you know, all the regulatory framework around it as well has created just a fascinating dynamic for for how this all works and also why it's so expensive, <laughs> right? <laughs> when you think about it, like, why can I fly for $200 um, or $99 from San Diego or Orange County to Las Vegas, but if I want to charter a plane, it's $15,000. Like, there's just there's just a sign there that one of those is really efficient and the other one is not at all efficient. And uh, a lot of that I think is a byproduct of, you know, physics, but then also like the regulatory environment and the dynamics around it. And even just the logistics of filling up seats, you know, I think, you know, the commercial airlines, as we've all probably experienced, have gotten pretty good at how they schedule and how they, how they put out their fares so that the planes are almost always full. Yeah. Have, if you've ever, and I have been in a few, you know, private flights, they're almost never full. And so that's another kind of level of inefficiency. A lot of times they're flying around with one or two people. That's pretty expensive. One or two person trip. A million percent. Well, if you have a moment, uh, my buddy, <laughs> I'd like to put out a commercial for myself. Uh, I am in the market to be someone's friend. Uh, if you are like a really rich guy who lives in Texas somewhere and needs somebody to go skiing with you on a regular basis with a very flexible schedule and you just want to go up to all these places and need somebody to ride in your plane with you, I am available as a low cost and very entertaining friend. So uh, reach out, DMs are open, uh, space <laughs> is limited. <laughs> I think that's going to work. Give me a job. <laughs> uh, no, if you have a private jet and you want to, you want a friend to go skiing with you, holler at your boy. We're good. Just yeah. need, need ride from Texas. Ideally San Antonio area. <laughs> so, <laughs> now you're getting is, picky. They have to come to San Antonio. Come on. <laughs> uh, this is a joke, actually, my my buddy and I have, but you know, he and I will be flying up on Southwest or whatever to go skiing and he'll just look over at me. He'll go, PJ. <laughs> that's code for private jet he's like we need we need one i was like you that's, get to work on that bro <laughs> we we have a friend uh that has one of his good friends is one of those rich people with a private jet and he goes on lots of great trips with that friend i mean how lucky he he has a great time <laughs> million percent, million percent. All right. Well, look, I think this was a great exercise and we were very kind to this one. Good job by you. It's, it, is it a new year, new Heather? Is that what's going on? It is. Yeah. I think I, you know, I'm trying to be nicer and kinder to these deals. And, I'm uh, not. I'm going to keep shitting on them. <laughs> it won't last for me. And this is going to yeah, be like January resolution. My February, my February, February I'll be back to, these guys are crazy. Currently, <laughs> 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 we'll be back. <laughs> All right. Well, happy new year, everybody. Happy birthday to me. Thanks for joining us for my birthday episode. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Happy birthday. Yay. <laughs>